Guys, welcome to Minefields. Issue 161. The only podcast in existence where one of the hosts doesn't get back with his ex-girlfriend. Despite how great in bed she was and hot she was, she's super psycho. On the fear that if I do, Carrie's not going to let me hang, let you hang out with me no more. <laughs> you should hold on to that. It's very true. Yeah. There's something about... Give her a blanket back. Walk away. Clean walk away. All right. Next time we go on one of those little uh, the gimmick runs for some comics, I need you there with me. Okay. I'll be a getaway driver. Ain't the first time. No, no, no. It won't even be anything. Like, we're not going to stop. We're going to cruise by. We're going to throw it out the window in a garbage bag into the driveway. There will be no stopping. It's all fun and games, so you throw it out, and then one of the sides gets caught on your wrist, and next thing you know, you're flying out of the car, <laughs> going like 60 miles an hour, Then I got to stop, go back and get you, and she's all like, oh, here, I mean, clean your wounds. Yep. Uh, I think it'd be you're more like one she's, of those slip shady things. offer other stuff, and you're like, oh, and I'm be like, well, we had a good run, guy. We had a good run. <laughs> yep. And I wouldn't blame you. I think it'd be more of those slim, slim shady things. What you trip, fell, landed on this. <laughs> yep. Guys, don't fall in love with crazy. One day I will, I will heed my own warnings. But anyway, I do like giving Mister Morales a good hearty laugh, making fun of uh, any past ridiculous mistakes I've made. Because luckily, <laughs> we're human. We. <laughs> Indeed. We yeah, make... Sorry, guys. A little bit uh, under the weather. Nah, that's all right, man. Um, we had a lot of good cop- topics to talk about tonight, man. Uh, the first one I want to bring up was so we went to the was it the we didn't go to Citadel because we didn't get shot. Um, no, it was, uh, it was Chapel Hills. Chapel, Chapel Hills, Hills had a little uh, comic book get together, and uh, they they'd had one previously, probably what six months ago, maybe five yeah. six months ago. Yeah, we bumped into uh, that was the last time we saw Mister. Um, Cardona. Yeah, I love that man. Mr. Cardona, he just got engaged. It's good to see that gentleman. I love Cardona. The guy's a good guy. That's what good, I, good people. Uh, by the way, that's uh, in case you don't remember, you got your Christmas present that day. Did, yep. X-Men 27. I couldn't still the earliest. Uh, still the earliest Uncanny X-Men I have, though I did pick up 28 last week. I, I still can't believe we found that, man. Like, like... Freaking, I'm going through this and finding it, and I'm like, I, I hand it to you, and you're like, you looked at me, and then you like put it in your pile. I'm like, dude, don't. <laughs> and you give back. But like, it was only a dollar. And then uh, yeah. uh, good old George from Muse Comics was there, and I, I showed it to him, and he's like, <coughs> no, no worries, man. My apologies. It's cool. No worries. It's a podcast, man. It's our show. If you need to cough, then you need to cough. Don't worry about it, man. Uh, Freaking... He legitimized it, and like, yeah, good for you. And then I was like, "Here's your chance to save money for Christmas. You're exactly worth one dollar Christmas." Great with the world. Yeah, I love you, man. I know how much you love X Men. It, it, it. Uh, the hunt has many rules, and well, not too many, but we we abide by them. And uh, freaking sometimes one book just belongs to the other gentleman more than the other. Pure and simple. 
We both abide by the rules. There's been times where you, like, freaking uh, minefielders, like, uh, three out of the four Batman Year One was personally handed to me for free. I know you got them by accident, but you still gave me the mad hookup. Now, that was not the who it belongs to more rule. It was the, I have dupes, here you go. And, uh... Yeah. It was a tiny little Comic-Con. It was, it like, what... It was like a small corner of the mall, man. It was just weird going to the mall. And it freaking yeah, it's about time. the same amount of size as last time. Yeah. Like, I've been thinking about it. I just kind of feel like, like A, there was quite uh, several people were in exactly the same spots they were in last time, which was interesting. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the, like when we first got, like, when you first go on the main corridor, that first right, the people that, I'm sorry, the first left. Were the same people that had all those books the that were the, still the same ones there uh, last yeah. time. Several, yeah, like you said, several of the books were still there for the exact same price as six months prior. Like I remember specifically the uh, the sensational She Hulk number one was seventy five dollars last time, and it was still seventy five dollars. Yep. Yeah, the uh, remember last time we were there, I came up to him like, "Hey, do you have all the Black Lightnings?" And you're like, yeah, I got them all. And the same guy had the same books in the same $5 bo- um, little uh, box he had. Um, there mm-hmm. was a couple of new people, like, freaking woke up too late for the show guy who was, like, how much did he want for the Infinity Gauntlet? Uh-huh. Uh, it was like, he, he said 70 bucks for the uh, all six of them. But he was, go- he was, he was eBaying it. Like, okay, like. Yeah, he he just decided to eBay it right there in front of us, and that's always a that's always kind of a pet peeve of mine. Is like, dude, come on, like if you don't, yeah. if you don't have your prices together, don't freaking don't be selling your books. Yeah, like I mean, by all means, please have some wiggle room with it, but like, dude, come on, like, oh, let me look here. Yeah, like I'm I'm just I'm instantly done. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Uh, I assume that uh, we we both had similar upbringings. I assume that your mother and your father taught you how to haggle at the market, uh, just just yeah. in general. And uh, what he should have said was one twenty five, and then you should have said seventy five, and then he might have been like a hundred, and then you might have landed on eighty. And yeah, there would have been a nice discussion. Okay, eighty. I can I I can rationalize eighty for the full run of of Infinity Gauntlet, but mm-hmm. uh, the problem was when he just made up that freaking price off the top of his head was uh, watching the discussion. It wasn't even discussion. You were done with it really fast. You were really fast yeah. on this guy. And uh, was that, like, it was all, like, they were all saran wrapped together. Like, well, we don't know what condition all the books are in. And Yeah, um, you see the first one, and I think we saw the first one in the cover of the number one and cover of number six. Yep. And, uh, yeah, but unfortunately, this guy also had a ton of really good Spawn comic books, but those had all been mm-hmm. researched. Like, he knows what they are. <laughs> like, but, uh, I, I wasn't going to pay, I, I wasn't in the mood for big spending that day, and I was, I was looking for <coughs> legit crate digging that day, and I, it paid off. I got, uh, two, um, Weapon X books that I was looking for, um, Marvel Comics Presents, one of them was a dollar. Nice. It wasn't in the best shape. That same guy had the original run of Coyote from 84. Um, 
he had issues 1 through 22, except for 11. He had dupes. What's the big deal with 11? Very first time Todd McFarlane did a story. I thought so. Very, uh, he, he had dupes of almost all of them. Except mm-hmm. 11. Okay, that's fine. He, 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 but he had a dollar uh, Weapon X, and then the next guy uh, going through, like, you were there. It was, like, the second guy you went to, and I showed up, and, you know, he, he had some decent books I got. He, he hooked me up with a impeccable set of Spawn Blood Feud. Uh, one through four, uh, the full set, and written by Alan Moore, nice. Tony Daniel illustrated. I mean, it, it's just it's gorgeous. The story, unfortunately, was not that good. Um, but um, good crate digging that day. Um, the reason I want to bring it up, I mean, like, were there any other thoughts before we go into any more intricities on this? Like that just stood out right. Nah, off the man. As a you know, there there are some people there. There's a couple of really good people that uh. My boy Joe that works at the flea market and sells books. Got some uh, got some Iron Man from him. Got some Iron Man. I got a I picked up some Iron Man's really good. I picked up a spectacular one of the spectacular Spider-Man, I think 90. One of the few issues of Spidey's in the uh, in the black suit before they uh, you know, they end up forming Venom. Yeah. And I picked up a I actually picked up a, some really good uh, old school Batman like pre 400s like nice. 300s and a couple of 200s and yeah. like I, I picked those up for like a total of 26 bucks and like i think it ended up being like well over a hundred dollars when i looked them up later on nice that's awesome so i definitely got a definitely made some money off of that which is cool <clears throat> not that i plan on selling them or anything i'm just kind of you know seeing what i can do with uh some older batman now that i've hit a. Uh, I've got everything from current day back through issue 400 at the moment. So trying to work on my 300 run at the right right now. A lot of those guys were shooting for the moon on so many different things. Like absolutely not. Oh like, yeah. Absolutely not. Like like there was one guy that wanted eighty dollars for spawn issue one. Now guys, um, when it comes to spawn, uh, anything pretty much I want to say anywhere from. Issues like eighty five to one eighty five, you're going to be spending twenty dollars, bare minimum. Yeah, maybe more. Uh, Uncle Todd is notorious for low print runs because he's not he's he's not wasteful, but he also knows who his audience is and the people that want Spawn get Spawn. Um, mm-hmm. The thing though is is that issue one, there's a million of them. Do not pay more than sixteen dollars yeah. ever for issue number one, whether it's the 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 newsstand edition with the proof of purchase scanner or the the direct one with the better paper. Under no circumstances, pay more than sixteen dollars. Like we were discussing, like uh, X Men One. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's or, the same. It's the same time frame. It's the same genre. It's, it's X Force One, X Men One, Spawn One, Young Blood. Like. Yeah, young dude. I I got young. I got a pretty decent copy. Young blood number one in the dollar bin a couple months ago. Isn't that one uh, actually signed by Mister uh, Jim Lee himself? No, no, no. no. I'm thinking Wildcats. No, I didn't. I didn't get that one signed. Yeah, well, I got Wildcats, Wildcats. one signed. No, I'm thinking, no that's not. But that was the one I had when I was a kid. Yeah. To just put it in perspective, the the speculative market. Um, freaking, I was at. Uh, my least favorite store here in the Springs, I'm just going to bring it, I'm not going to name the name, um, but um, 
they were selling Tiger Cub or something like that. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, Tiger they, Cub comic book. Tiger Cub. Um, the the bronze puma. <laughs> um, the freaking they were selling a special edition 30th anniversary of Death of Superman um, there was the newsstand one and then there was the special edition that came in the a black polybag bag with the bloody S on it and it had a uh, I, I believe it just had a, a, a variant cover inside plus the, the black armband and that was like $20 uh, under no circumstances should you ever pay more than $18 for the original Superman first print black poly bag, uh, Death of Superman uh, variant cover with the uh, with the uh, copy of the Daily Planet and the, the trading card. The fact that yeah. a Bush League version variant was more expensive than the real deal. Get out of here! <laughs> get like like get out of here! Like don't don't do that. And you know, l- luckily for for us, I mean, like we're we're very savvy when it comes to the market. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we see one image of Adam Warlock, and we can probably we really should have. I wish we had had some sort of litmus test where we had looked up uh, first appearance of Adam Warlock uh, before. Uh, the trailer for Guardians 3 comes out, you know? And see, In all fairness, we knew that was coming in Guardians 2, so... Yeah, we should have... <laughs> Come on. We should have done was, that. I, I, I personally just don't care about anything to do with for, uh, outer space stuff. But that's... Like, that's fine. It's cool, but it's not my bag. No, I, I get it, man. Like, uh, we, we'll, we'll get into it later. I think that was, what, a couple hundred at the... Uh, Definitely saw a couple people with copies of that. Saw one person with the uh, first appearance of Gamora for $300. There was a guy that had that foil variant, Something is Killing the Children, for $60 there. Now, I remember at that one store that we went to last year, I always forget the name of it. Uh, was it Ozone? or uh, We went there the first day they opened. By the old gold oh right, REC yeah, they had that for forty at the time. That was a, year, a little bit more than a year ago, and then uh, I I didn't have the cash at the time. Um, not that I was broke, I just not expendable money. But freaking, um, someone was selling that one for sixty, and I was like, mm-hmm. remember we saw it for like nine hundred, like through uh, last month, and um, yeah. I was like, okay, what's wrong with this? And the guy was like, oh, this is like an incentive cover, and it's it, it was limited to one comic book store. And I'm like, okay, so is it a first print? And he's like, yeah, it's a first print, but it's not really a first print. And I was like, what does that mean? And yeah. uh, like, it's it's not legit because it was like a variant cover for like a local comic store, but it's foil. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand. And he said the same thing to me again. And I was like, okay, I don't want it. Um, wow. Like, how, how, like that, that makes no sense. Like I, I'm a very yeah, intelligent it's, it's man. Printed, not. Yeah. Is it a first print or it's not? <coughs> and how is a foil variant? Not a first print. And it came out the same day as the freaking original one, which I asked. 
And, um, I don't know, just the, I'm only bringing it up just like, like the, the market, like freaking, uh, the, my, the, the things I was really proud about getting was, uh, I got, uh, a, there was a guy there selling a lot of Hot Wheels. I, I am a very in tune Hot Wheel collector. And, uh, I got an X Jet for $5. And I got a, uh, the, the, um, Pursuit Mode kit for three. Uh, most time when I see, like, he had a bunch of them too. Uh, most of them I see when someone has something like that and uh, they're not brand new because I, I thought these were 2022 but they were 2021 actually. Um, they're usually like 30, 40, 50 bucks. And, um, nice. So just in mind of what the market is and then like the vast majority of this comic book con, con, lasers, um, were pops. Yeah, there was quite a bit of pops. They had this sanctioned off pop area. I mean, if you like pops, good. I just, I don't get it, so, but it's not my thing. I don't know. I got quite a few myself. Freaking, there's only a couple more I'm looking for, and I didn't see anything I was looking for at the time. There was a guy selling AEW figures. You can still get it uh, ringside collectibles for $22 for $45. Mm-hmm. The, o- the only thing special. prices. The only thing special he had was he had an original run of almost all of them of the first wave. Mm-hmm. But if you find the second wave, it'll be like, I think they'll label it 1B um, for uh, yeah. like Cody, the Bucks, Brandy, but he had original run. And I was talking to him about it, and I was like, I, he's like, well, I don't know why they're more expensive. And I was like, well, I, I think it's because, like, um, I showed him, like, here's the new, newest Bucks right here. And here's the original one. And he's like, well, they're really pale. I'm like, yeah, I think they just, like, they, they screwed up the freaking, like, you know, skin color. And, um, if you, and if you paid, if you had them side by side with 1A, 1, 1, and 1B, like, their skin looks like the correct shade, the best you can on a action figure, if that makes sense. And, um, gotcha. he was trying to sell brandy. Spray tandem. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Um, he was trying to sell. He was trying to sell brandy for eighty five dollars. She's not even in wow. AEW anymore. Yeah. Hmm. But uh. The, now she's vintage. Now she's vintage. Yeah. She's vaulted now. Can't get them anymore. Surprise! It was only eighty five dollars. Yeah, that was something else, man. She Should have been 110. She doesn't even come with any accessories. It's true. Um, I still had a good time. We always we we made up our mind, uh, like we usually do. Had a good idea. Went to Kane's. Uh, there was something you brought up that was really interesting to me, because uh, I'd have been thinking about it while we were there. Uh, how did you say it? He asked me about like the quality of the collection, or what was the specific question? Basically, uh, basically it was based like, you know, was this not as good because freaking we had acquired quite a bit. Like going in there last time, I had a certain amount of money for a certain couple of books, and between June and now, I had acquired at least the majority of those books. Right. And freaking, was it more so, did we enjoy ourselves less because we weren't 
looking for those bigger books and that our collection was, you know, more complete than it had been six months ago. Right. Or was it that they had just a lower quality of book overall? Because, hmm. I mean, a lot of the stuff I found, with the exception of the, uh, the Peter Parker Spectacular Spider-Man, was all run fillers. Like, that was the only book I was like, okay, I want that book. Right. There's a couple other ones I was interested in. And in all honesty, a lot of the times the, uh, I didn't care for the sellers. Like I had quite, I was ready to spend quite a bit of money at one, uh, one particular seller other than the, uh, infinity gauntlet guy. Yeah. They got messed up and freaking, uh, yeah. Cause I, I wanted about four or five other books on top of that and freaking just the, uh, just the, the interaction with him just kind of killed me to even want to shop for him at all. Or you know, work with them at all. That's a great but point. Than, uh, yeah, b- before we get too far, I want to talk about that because um, anytime a seller bugs me too much, I- I'm done. Yeah, I- I'm done. As opposed to the time when we've had sellers that were extremely savvy. Uh, for example, uh, I mean, like w- when you got your black hat. Um, when you uh, yeah. I mean, like there was discussions there. Um, let, let's and and, and the, there was one guy at the last little mini con they had over at Chapel Hills, where the guy showed you three different versions of the book that he had. Each one not as good as the last one, but he still gave you the option of what you should. Yeah. What you, that was awesome. But then I think that was that was actually a Denver Comic Con actually. That was Denver. That was that wasn't the local one. That wasn't the one here in Springs. You're right. Yeah, that was the guy. Um, that was actually the same guy that sold me the first grant of Black Cat. And that was when I was checking but, out Lady Death. Yeah. Was and that was a... Yeah. <laughs> Lady Death. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll have a... You'll roast me on that later. Which, but <laughs> again, which is why you always look at their eyes. Correct. Or their, or their chin stubble. Or Adam's apple. <laughs> or their Adam's apple. <laughs> or their Adam's apple. Um, but no, yeah. Because I had actually, because as, as the, uh, the story goes, and we told this one before, we were waiting in line for Jim Lee, and you had gone to find an X-Men number one to get him to sign, <laughs> which our buddy Chad had ended up finding for you. Right. And I was like, I'm going to go try to find a book real quick. Just kind of, I'd have had my three books for Jim Lee to sign. I brought them from home. Yeah. Um, But I was like, I want to go check stuff out because this is going to, you know, we're in line to meet Jim Lee. We got time. We got time. You know, freaking. So I went up there and like was able to find because you'd already gone up there. So you told me where exactly the comic books were located at because it was a pop culture con. Yeah. But like I was able to quickly find and negotiate a better deal for myself on a uh, meeting Spider Man 194 first print of Black Cat. Yep. Saved myself about, uh, I think, $60. But uh, I enjoyed. Working with that uh, that gentleman and his wife so much that I we went, went back. back there later to get to get more books. Yeah, and if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have my first appearance of Lady Deathstrike because it was in his dollar bins that you handed me that issue of Alpha Flight, and yeah. I and I found two of my Weapon X books there, and like they mm-hmm. were they were a decent price, but like the the gentleman was good enough uh, to talk to us leave us mm-hmm. alone 
and I, yep. I, it, like, if you see it, like, honestly, if you're a vendor and you see a guy, I, I don't even know how to describe I mean, like, if you, just me in particular, if you see a guy in all black with sunglasses on inside with a, with a, a messenger bag who is pulling out a, a journal referencing if I have a book or not, leave me alone. Say hello. Yeah. Say hello. If I have something to ask you, I will ask you. But if you want yeah. to start talking to me, give, give me a hey. Can I help? Give me a can I help you? And you're looking for anything particular? Yes. That way you open the communication. Yep. If you say no, okay, let me know if I can help you, and you you walk away. Yeah, because there's the opposite. But let thing. him. Let the guy do his thing. Exactly. And the opposite thing is when there's that guy that's sitting there watching you go through his books, and you see him looking at you like he's expecting you to steal or something like that. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's not or expecting you to ruin a book. Yeah. Like, like I've seen it happen before where a vendor got mad at a collector opening one of the bags and boards and pulling the book out um, yeah. and stopped him. You just ruined your sale, dude. Like this guy is, that's a, that's a buying signal, dude. Yeah. And- that I can definitely be like, if you're going to do that, I would ask first, hey, is it okay if I open this up and take a look at it? Maybe. It is somebody else's merchandise. I, I would, I, as a courtesy, I would ask before opening, opening up a you know, bag and board. Courtesy, I agree. Courtesy, that is a, that is, that is a great point. Um, the only way I could defend myself is I'm not opening up uh, Frank Miller, Wolverine, Chris Claremont, number one, just opening the dang thing there. Like, I'm going to ask for permission for a book like that, but you are absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. Ask beforehand. Um, it's, yeah. it, 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 okay, you're, you're right there, but um, uh, seller etiquette is, is, all, is, all, is everything. Like, freaking, I, I didn't, I wasn't thinking of buying those. Uh, <coughs> I, I kind of wanted to buy those blood feuds, but then I found mm-hmm. another issue of Weapon X, and that guy's gimmick was that the prices are always on the back, uh, you know, and yeah. written on the tape. And um, I turned it over, and the guy is courteous enough to use, like, the, the painting blue tape. So if it accidentally touches the book, it won't hurt it. Uh, yeah. It won't hurt it, but it instead of a price, it said free. I'm like, so there's no price on this. He's like, yeah, there is. I'm like, but it says free. And he's like, you found the free book, brother. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, it's, it's not the best condition. It's still a good book. But I can't, I can't justify asking money for something like that. It was maybe in a, it was a Weapon X, maybe in a six. Yeah. And he had that sort of courtesy. And then I was like. I need okay. I'm, I'm buying those blood feuds now. Uh, he had them for like eight dollars each, and I'm like, "Can you give me a deal on, yeah. on these?" And he's like, he looked them up, he wrote them down to make sure that because uh, he that 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 bald gentleman his had a really good gimmick. Had, he was very very courteous and wrote down the books that he was selling just to make sure that he knew what had been sold that day. And he's like, "Give me twenty. Yeah, I actually bought some stuff from him as well. Yeah, he, he did. He actually his got card? his card. He was a really good dude. Yeah, he he gave his card. I, too. I took one, but no. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he got he got the sale. Mm-hmm. He got the sale. I, I was like, man, I could probably get these for fifteen on eBay. But the once he showed me that courtesy, 
I want to give you my freaking money, brother. I want to and actually. Yeah. I, I, what is your name? My name is Joshua Michael. Uh, I told him about you, uh, what we do, and he, he oh, here's a card for that gentleman too. And and um, best interaction I've had, uh, other than the of course uh, Uncle Ed and Uncle George, and uh, freaking. Yeah. Um, but then there's those ratty guys that don't know what they have that sold us what X Men twenty seven for a dollar. Um, yeah. And. Um, It was. I still had a great time. I'm not saying it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like you know the first time I got to kiss a girl, awesome. But uh, freaking, uh, it was still a good time with my good homie and freaking. Uh, we got some canes, but like you brought that up, that was a legit concern of mine because I was feeling the same thing too. Like, what were the first instances you had when you realized that it might not have been as much fun as before we had? the books we have now. I think when I realized that quite a few of the, uh, the vendors were just kind of, it was basically part two of the pre, the con we'd been to six months ago. It was a lot of these people just brought back the, uh, the books that didn't sell last time. Yeah. You know, like I said, when I saw that first couple, the older couple with the, uh, their books and their, um, like I said, that sensational she Hulk was the same price. And, there's a couple other books there that I was like, oh, I guess this is, you know, this is, it wasn't even set up differently. Like there was no, I think the sensational She-Hulk might actually have even been in the same spot <laughs> on their wall. And like the only thing that was cool, the only thing that was cool with those guys, because I bought a couple of uh, Iron Man issues from them. <laughs> yeah, excuse me. No worries, brother. Was that the, uh, the um the, the books I'd bought were actually in a half off bin. Oh. So I ended up snagging a couple more because they were half off. Like that those guys were the same. The uh, the bald gentleman was definitely there last time. I think he actually had a uh, he was the guy I think that had the um the entire first run of Secret Wars last time we were there. He still had it. Except Oh, I didn't see that except one. Except one. <laughs> Except issue one or issue eight? Issue one. Um, wow. uh, oh, issue eight was absolutely not there. You're you're correct about that one. Uh, that was absolutely not there. Because um, he had, he had the whole thing in a set for like four hundred and fifty dollars. Last time we were there, I had never seen such so. choice. Uh, and by the way, back to the rules of the hunt. Uh, we report back to each other. I mean, like we we usually immediately immediately split up. Um, yeah. But um, you're like, hey, he has Don Comics. I'm like, where? And um, they were, I can't justify that price on Don, even if the, the and these were cry for Don's mindful. There's not, you know, this, we're not talking about Looster's Halo here. Uh, like he had some choice Linsner cuts. But the thing is, though, is that this book is, it's not that it's so freaking rare. It it has to be 150 bucks. It's like trying to like it the the genre is so niche. Like really mm-hmm. I can probably find one maybe one grade lower um and I don't care if it's one grade lower for like half the price on some old school goth BS, you know? And yeah. 
that, that I, I'm not gonna, not that we ever plan on selling our comics, but like, obviously I know in your heart of hearts, you want a 9.9 giant size. You deserve a 9.9 giant size. If we find a 1.2, we're going to take it home. And we're yeah, not exactly. We're we're not going to hate on it, but that but Cry for Dawn is so niche, and this is one of the things I wanted to bring up that like I've been like it's been swirling around in my brain existential crisis wise, was that I had an answer for you uh, when you asked me that question. Like yeah, our our books are that good. We have a phenomenal collection collectively. You and I are worth a lot of money. But not, in, but not in actual paper money. Um, but um, the some of those books, like like that Weapon X book, um, both those weren't the best. You know, maybe one was a four, one was maybe a six. Uh, I yeah. I harken back to that. I, I brought this up before that scene in La Bamba when Louis, um, Louis, space in here, man, freaking Ricky. Ricky auditions for that little garage garage band and the lead singer's like, Hey, where'd you get that where'd you get that amp? It looks like someone threw it away. And Ricky was like, Yeah, but now it's mine. And then he rocks the place. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. like just because it might be a lower grade doesn't mean that it shouldn't be cherished. It's still a relic. That's my yeah. weapon X book. And I remember thinking about it like, oh like old me like well this isn't a 9.9 no i'm not if i find one that's better and it's a reasonable price maybe i might buy it just to rescue it because we rescue books but when i have all my weapon x's am i going to consider my weapon x collection not as good as the other guys that has all 9.9s no those are my books Oh, Those are exactly. my books. And and one of the things that when when you when you partner up with a buddy on such a huge project as Minefields, um we all bring something to the table. And before I always worked on Kismet, I'd find something eventually like I found the whole set of Ultra, and we've talked about it before. But you yeah. have so many Batman books because you did the digging. And you paid dirt cheap for them because no one would think that someone was going to actually take the time to freaking look for them and hodgepodge it. Yeah. That's how the, uh, that's how the nightfall came together, that's for sure. Cheers to you, man. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank, thank you, know, you for that. Build on it from there, man. That's that's the fun part. It's like freaking kind of like my X-Men run, man, of the whole thing initially was just... Uh, the 200s and then i was like oh i got a lot of the 300s let's go to 400 yeah then let's go back to go back down to 150 you know and then just kind of started working both ways the uh the whole goal was to get a issue 94 through 544 and now what do you have you know and then freaking uh you know didn't get a you know freaking you know, was for the longest time, freaking uh, had everything to ninety five. I just couldn't get ninety four. Right. But uh, going into what's in the box this week, finally got my issue ninety four. Oh, that's gorgeous. Ah, freaking uh, got that in the mail yesterday. So freaking that was uh, that's awesome. So I officially can kill off my 
Uncanny X-Men run. So just got to get the uh, giant size. We're good to go. I forgot to grab what's in the box. Ah. Oh, my God. Like, it's, like, really, like, it's not really that. That's a tradition. It's not, it's not really a problem. I've got so much relics on the freaking wall. I know what I, I know what I got. Let me grab this one just randomly. Because I'm proud of it. I was really excited about this when I got it. <coughs> I'm a big fan of the absurd. And this is number three. 3,290 of a limited edition of 6,000 of the original Tick button set. This is one of the very first things you could get of the Tick. Really? Yes. This is before the cartoon. That's, mm, that's it, awesome. And it comes with the world domination hypno button. The, the one thing I want that stands out, let me get it close. You see the New England Comics logo? Mm-hmm. That was short-lived. That got changed really quickly. Not only that, oh, this, cool. is, this is still sealed, and it's on the same color. So they, the tick was originally black and white. and Yeah. But they did a limited run of... Um, remember when we went to that... Uh, when I got my first Chromatic book, when Homeboy hooked it up for me mm -hmm. for free because I, I, I was doing my... You're, over, you, you're not charging enough for this book gimmick um which works by the way <laughs> that absolutely nobody else on the planet does yeah <laughs> um I, when i opened it up there, there was a set there was like like five like trading cards inside i'm like okay so these are really rare because they, they could only print in one color they could only afford to print in one color and it was that weird red mm -hmm. this is the weird red and uh, they did another set of, of buttons when Boogaloo Destiny came out, but it's got the, the tick, his best friend, which is like a dog tick that never actually came up, an actual tick, and then Tick in the City, which was one of the posters they did um, back in the day. Uh, by the way, if you guys, uh, minefielders out there, are interested in reading the tick, um, I would highly suggest just going to newenglandcomics.com. Because they used to do a tick catalog. Like, I got it in a box somewhere. Like, it was a legit catalog um, that I actually cherished just as much as I did as the actual freaking comic books I had of them. But uh, you can get, like, eight printings of something. The, they might get a, a stock of, like, some older ones. A um, lot of freaking um, graphic novels, old tick action figures. They even sell... Uh, surpluses they had of uh, when the tick uh, it was the second season of the tick came out of the cartoon um, Burger King did a run of toys they oh, nice. okay. they even have surplus of that oh wow that's crazy yeah Jeez. they even have thought about that yeah they even have so and they also have a f f f fast with f f f four f's in front of fast uh, and uh, they proudly cater to military to ship you your books. Um, whether you're in the military or not, like you'll get them in a couple of days, bagged, boarded. New England Comics rules, man. I, I, I've dealt with them before. They are stand-up stand -up people, and uh, I'm glad I forgot to get my what's in the box because I would want, like, that's, 
need to know about the tick, like old school stuff, man. And uh, if you can't get first prints of the freaking uh, original book, which is golden age size, by the way, um, they do have some first print editions of the t the, the tick omnibuses, um, which uh, collect the original ones with the right size, and they have a lot of good extra goodies in it. Like, for example, uh, one issue of the tick when they picked up a hitchhiker uh, named the Red Eye. Uh, the ticket actually found a comic book about some hitchhiker named the Red Eye that only has one red eye. He's you know, all trench coat for Dory. Picking up bogey, you know? And um, mm -hmm. he hypnotizes you. You, you He makes you take you somewhere and he kills you. And then he's got the comic. He's reading the comic and uh, doesn't realize that while he's reading it, Arthur's pulling over. It's the same guy. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah. His sidekick is pulling their their car over their bobcat to pick up the red eye. <laughs> Whoops. Yep. And it was a, a mini comic inside uh, one of the actual like single issues, but in the actual omnibus they put the freaking mini comic in it. Not make it big. They made it, they kept it the same freaking size. Like, they, they, they understood that there are certain things uh, that us comic lovers love. And then they also would put a bunch of, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, like, here's some, here are some drawings of the Tick that Edlin did back in the day. Uh, in case you didn't know, Tick's first appearance was in a Flaming Carrot comic book. Here's a couple of prints of uh, that interaction. You know, like, people that care about the history, man, like, I mean, like, I imagine, like, you read, like, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, really just kind of set you off, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Not definitely, man. Back in the day, yeah. Hmm. Not, like, the Tick, per se, but definitely some stuff. Yeah, the Tick. Um, yeah, one of my favorites, man. Just uh, 1989 Bed Edlin, man. This is... There's not too much this packaging, but... It's mine. Exactly. Need to find a second set so I can put it on my wrestling vest. And then true people will know how legit I really am. <laughs> Not really. Not legit at all. Just It'll be like two people and they won't and one of them won't care. Yeah, one of them won't care. Or one of them, one will, of them like, will be super impressed. Or, well, one of them's gonna be mad, like, how dare you open that? Those buttons are should true. be in a sarcophagus. Um but should be buried in them. Um it was a good time. It, it, just because we weren't impressed. But I, I think maybe just we've been to so many that, like, we follow. I don't, I don't think we've become, like, uh, you know, used to it. It's just. Well, like more, I said, I, th I think it just became. I think more than anything else, when I think about it, I think it really was just that it was kind of like six months later and they hadn't really gotten too many new things or new no new bells and whistles yeah like the fact that we came back and you could physically see the same people in the same areas and a lot of them had the same books it was like well you know last time it was fresh and cool now this time it's like oh this is what's left over the conclusion i landed on is the richie valens the richie valens metaphor brought up but also I don't have that fear that if I didn't get there early enough, some other guy is going to get something that I think belongs to me. And like, yeah, we'll find him. 
we'll find them. It's not that it's not as special. It's just we're going to find them. There's a lot out there. We'll, and if we find one that's beat up, it's like taking home a, you know, a, a rescue puppy. But it's still ours, and we cherish it, and it still means the same. It's just we've really immersed ourselves in our, uh, in our element. Yep. Bitewing's only got three legs, and he's awesome. Or she's awesome. Haley's, the dog's awesome. Haley's amazing. Freaking Bitewing for the freaking win. We'll talk about that in a minute, man. Um, uh, did you care to go into anything AEW? Or are we going to get lost? Eh, I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like we've really kind of been really negative about AEW lately and don't necessarily think it's wrong but yeah but yeah definitely i think you know i think at the end of the day i think we're i think we're both in agreement we're hoping for the best for them but they gotta they got they got some issues they gotta fix writing on the wall ain't ain't good man freaking it's like watching the popular kid pick on the kid that's got down syndrome man like what are you doing (laughs) Like, like don't don't do it just leave it alone if something's gonna wither We've got better things to talk about. Like, uh, we have other projects we're working on. Minefields is about to go through a major rehaul coming uh, January. Um, you and I have other stuff to worry about. Yeah. Blockbuster, make a new era work. Which, by the way, tickets still available for our uh, last show at a... Not our last show, but our last show at this particular venue at Mile yeah, High. Yeah, Mile High Comic. Yeah. Last show is going to be this Saturday. Freaking... You know, doors open six o'clock. Show starts. You know, come on down. Freaking hang out. See your favorite wrestlers. Buy some comics. See your least favorite wrestlers. You know, enjoy. Fifteen bucks at the door. Come on down and have a good time. Get your special collector's edition ticket designed by Minefields. But if you can't make it, watch Blockbuster every Saturday, six p.m. I haven't missed. I've. I've we'll do both. Yeah, or yeah, do both. Yeah, maybe you'll see yourself in the crowd. Who knows? I always take pictures of the crowds, man. I love. We've got such a great crowd, uh, loyal, um, and extremely well behaved out there for you venue owners out there that think that wrestling crowd is old school nineteen ninety nine WCW Nitro throwing beer cans at people and uh, having four letter words on their signs. Yeah, we don't have we don't even have beer, so there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, get get drunk in the parking lot, <clears throat> like an adult. Like an adult. Yeah, yeah. Buying a eight. I remember when we went to uh, when I missed um, the anniversary show. Mm-hmm. Two beers at Mile High Stadium for uh, for me and my dad was like twenty five dollars. Yeah. Okay. Could have bought a ticket to the show for substantially less. I know. And saved ten dollars. Yep. Snuck in some cheap. You could have bought. You could have bought two tickets for five more dollars. That is correct. I brought more people to the New Era Faithful. We still got. We still haven't landed on the right terminology. I mean, because, but what was it in in uh, Lucha Underground? It was the Lucha Underground Faithful. No, it was the uh, the Believers. The Believers, yeah. For Marvel, it was the true believers. There still is. Hmm. Yep. Did you... Uh, Excelsior. 
Excelsior. Hey, you know who said Excelsior to me? Hmm. Stan Lee. No one can ever take that from me. He's, he said Excelsior. He told Comic and I, Colin and I, good luck on your comic and Excelsior. No one can ever take that nice. from me. Stan the Jim man. Jim Lee asked me about my shirt one time. Yes, he did. Jim Lee, uh, oh, yeah. Jim Lee uh, calmly asked me to not stand too close to him. No, I'm just kidding, but I was probably too close to him because I was, I, was, I was marking out, man. <laughs> it was Jim Lee, man. That's Jim Lee. I can't say, can't say you're wrong, too. You're going to mark out to anybody. Yeah. Got my Captain Insano shirt. Better than, better than Ben Templestead telling you to stop talking to his wife. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, I think he remembers that. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like I like had a, you know, uh, like a crew cut and just jeans and a white t-shirt. I kind of stand out. Pretty sure he remembered. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. Who knows? No, she wasn't there. We'll have to ask him about it next time we see him. Don't you dare do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I just as long as I get my phone number one, as long as I get my phone number one signed first, we're good. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, they them, whatever you call yourselves, under no circumstances ever to- tell Tony Morales not to do something because it's going to embarrass you. Not only does it guarantee it happening, but it will tickle him. And it'll be worse than you can imagine. And oh, for yeah. Oh, yeah. I've talked to you almost every day for almost three years, and I still haven't learned my lesson. I should not have said that. But you know what? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. We'll have to do a, uh, like, like, we should do a bloopers episode one day. <laughs> Yeah. Could it would all just be you saying something random and maybe going too far and putting too much money in the uh in the abuela jar. <sighs> I've been pretty good on that by the way. I still eat ten bucks for uh, the bet. Still eat ten bucks. That is true. We went to Raising Cane's I freaking love that place, man. There's just living in Colorado it's kinda irresponsible to be going to chain restaurants, but can't argue. I can't argue the sauce. You look like chicken, but it was cool with all the Clark Griswold stuff and just to chill out. And I don't, there was a whole lot of Clark Griswold for a, a movie that's forty years old. Uh, it came out eighty nine. Was we did the math? It's uh, so like thirty three then. Robin is thirty. Yeah, thirty three. Yeah, you're right. Um. Oh no! Plus the probably other fifty times I've had to watch it at other people's houses, man. But it was so cool to chill out, man. I just—it is your favorite holiday movie, I hear. You've been listening wrong. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way is solid. I keep trying to get my wife and child to watch it, and I still stand alone on that one. Jingle all the way is the O'Josh approved uh, number one holiday blockbuster cinematic masterpiece. And the gimmick is just keep adding adjectives of all time. Um, Arnold punches out a reindeer. Big Show punches a little guy clear across the room. 
Sinbad is the disgruntled postal worker that actually did have a bomb. Um, I still think the best line in that movie is, Shut up, Booster. Nobody likes you. And the kid's like, Yeah, yeah. we don't like you. <laughs> the kids violently assault Booster. Um, yeah. Well, we're on the topic. What's your What's your couple list? What, what's the uh, feel on the... The Tony Morales must have much watch see of the holiday season. Jingle All the Way is on there. Grinch is on there. Which Grinch? Uh, Batman Batman Returns <laughs> is on there. 100%. Um, uh, trying to think of uh, anything else that really kind of stands out. Uh. To add to the list of times when you say, of course you do, uh, Home Alone 2 and My Talk Boy still works. That sounds, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. <laughs> I still have My Talk Boy. Yeah, Home, Alone 2, Home Alone 2 is still solid. Freaking, he needs better parents at that point. Yeah. It's not going to happen twice, but what is? Um... Yeah. And uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, obviously. That was wholesome and great. And I can't remember the last time I ever described anything as wholesome, but it was wholesome and great. It was sweet. It was innocent. It was innocent fun of these two dummies. Yeah. And then they kidnapped Kevin Bacon. But it all ends up working out in the end. The only missed opportunity is they didn't do the Footloose dance. I did kind of suspect that was going to happen. I'm kind of sad it didn't. Yeah. Like, that was, like, maybe they couldn't get, like, afford the rights to, you know, Kenny Loggins or something. You were trying to say Disney needs more money? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They did have their first reported death. In Disney? A lot of people don't know, but it is Disneyland, Disney World, whatever Disney place you're at. I'm not talking about the mall kiosk, obviously. But if you are, if you die at the park, they regulate that you that you are not allowed to be pronounced dead until after your your meat has you left leave the park and let, until your meat has left the park. Oh, wow. They will not let it happen. But this guy, like, got upset about his wife or some crap there in Anaheim and uh, did a swollen dive off the freaking, like, parking structure or something like that. And, but, um, yeah, they won't they won't let it happen. Uh, I, used to have oh, a wow. bu- I used to have a buddy that used to play Tigger down at uh, Disney World, and he was telling me the rules and regulations. It's a cult. It's a cult. Like if he he specifically said, if he had passed out from heat exhaustion and they needed to take his like Tigger mask or helmet off, mm-hmm. not until you're out of public view, under any circumstances, oh, wow. that helmet ain't coming off. You will die before they. You will die before they dare break kayfabe in front of children. That's insane. It really is. 
They also have um, uh, workers around that don't let litter get left around. So, like, let's say, like, you and uh, Mrs. Morales were posing with Morales Jr., uh, and you put, like, a plastic cup down and walked away from it uh, to pose for the photo, you would come back and your plastic cup is gone. Oh, that's crazy. Yep. It's also supposed to be the best place to ever go to Pride Week. It's actually something on my bucket list to go to Pride Week uh, over at Disney World. Apparently it's freaking great. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But rabbit hole aside... Maybe you, maybe you could take maybe you could take Lady Death with you. I hate you, but <laughs> I deserve it. Like the like the, the the sheer horse blinders I had on to not notice anything else going on. <laughs> yeah. You could have. But yet you knew when the guy who you knew that when the guy from SNL came by. That was a miracle. Like we we were on a, we were trying to get out of there as fast as possible, and freaking, I'm like, oh, what is he supposed to be, Thomas Edison? And then my my brain just functions on this weird like functionality. I'm like, okay, like it it wasn't even something like where I was like, I wonder who he was. My brain was like just recompressing everything I just saw. And then my brain landed on the burlap sack he was handing, and ding! And, like, we got to turn around. But he sold it. He sold the absolute everything out of it, man. Like, are you here to crush your enemy, sir? The fact that I didn't turn Bridget on is one of my biggest regrets. Like, like, yeah. like I, he wouldn't even turn around. I was like, are you here to crush your enemies? And... Crush your enemies. He oh, he looked perfect, and like they were, they were so happy, man. Like getting them, getting them to pop like that. I think we were probably the only ones that like figured it out. <laughs> it wasn't even me. I didn't even. I didn't get it. I just saw a guy. Yeah. And you, you were like, we got to turn around. I was like, oh crap! What, what did you see now? Yeah. And then that, I was like, oh okay. Yeah. It makes all the sense in the world now. Yeah, it was. It was good time i'd probably just watched that skit earlier in the week and just hadn't put it together it just it just mr burns like einstein scientist burlap sack nope snl one of the best ones he did but did he have the raven in there yes he did you don't remember him dumping That's... it on the ground <laughs> like he didn't hesitate he was he was ready <laughs> he was ready yeah. he was ready man and uh not having Bridget ready to film that, man. Like, yeah. But, uh, what are we... Anything else uh, peripheral? I mean, freaking writing on the wall, AEW, protect your books. Your books are yours. To, don't let anyone tell you. Just because it's not in the best condition doesn't mean that it's not good and it's not yours. Um, what's in the box? Yeah, no, I think that, that pretty much covers it, man. Uh... What about Guardians? Uh, I'm still popping over freaking Warlock, man. I can't wait to see Adam. Yeah, I mean, be, well, I guess we'll find out later this year when Guardians Three comes out. Freaking, you know, they've released what uh, what Warlock's gonna look like. We know Gamora's coming back, though. I assume it's obviously still the 2014 version. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what James Gunn does with it, knowing that this is gonna be the last uh. 
last Guardians of the Galaxy movie for this iteration of the team. This, um, I'm excited because they use the uh, Abnett and Lansing uh, uniforms of what Guardians was before it got announced it was going to be a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was also reading that the next uh, Wonder Woman movie has been canceled effectively whether or not they find a new writer or a director, but apparently uh, the already predetermined script and agreed-upon script uh, didn't fit into James Gunn and the other guy's idea of what they want to be doing with the DC Universe, and freaking, it's probably not happening. Oh, wow. Which... That'll be interesting to see what happens then. Yeah, I I mean, like, how are you going to, like, bust into someone's house as an outsider and... Scripts have all been written, and you're gonna and you're gonna be like, nah, that's not where we want to go. Um, that's it's not. I'm not talking about fair. I'm talking about appreciating an artist's already uh, accepted script or artwork, and being like, nah, dude, we're not doing that. Get out of here, or not working with them. Like that, I, I find zero respect in that. I don't know, man. It's gonna. I mean, they they brought these guys in to fix the DCEU, and you got to trust the process if you're, if you're willing to do that. Yeah, but you can't just bust but in the house. Really, like, like if I came to your house and you're like, uh, "This is a shoes off house," and I'm like, "Nah, dog, this is a shoes on house." Well, yeah, but but you know, James Gunn is the guy that was given the given the ability to do that. I mean, they canceled Batgirl. They freaking. It may be a good idea. It may not. We'll find out. Well, like I didn't give you permission to come into my house and tell me what to do. Right. Somebody, you know, somebody gave him permission to do that. Yeah, but I don't. Have, and it may be. It may be the best thing for him. It may not. I don't have. We're, we're gonna have to wait and see. I agree. Or wait and see what doesn't happen. But I don't have four McFarlane Wonder Woman's on my desk at work. Because I kind of like Wonder Woman. He just took a sandwich yeah. out of my mouth. Wonder what's some freaking Wonder Woman. But uh, yeah, I digress, man. Yeah. I only got two books this week, man. Like there was some, like, uh, it's not that it was slim pickings. It was just more of like things that aren't ready to be talked about right now, like. Um, Latest arc of Darth Vader, uh, 29, Tech Reunion. Um, latest issue of Star Trek, um, 1 and 2. Uh, Colin called me specifically to tell me how much he freaking hated it. Uh, Planet Hulk World Breaker came out, and I, I, I can't form an opinion about it yet. Um, I got caught up on the Boogeyman, uh, on the, the Blaze comic, but... I, and then, of course, I mean, there's no value in talking about Mad Balls, which is Garbage Pail Kids, other than the fact that the art was gorgeous. Um, gotcha. I mean, like, what are we, like, I, I can't break down why the latest episode of Up All Night was a relevatory B-movie that inspired Roger Corman. <laughs> like, it just, uh, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I got, I got King Spawn. Uh, issue number 17, and I've got uh, Batman number 130, which I absolutely despised, detested, loathed, hated, crapped on. 
Um, well, let's start off with something happier then. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you got? Because I've got nothing but dark. Yeah, let's see. I got a. Let's start off with I got Blue Beetle graduation day one of six. They're bringing black back, bringing back the Blue Beetle. He's got a movie coming out next year, hopefully. Freaking uh, you know I I like I like Jaime Reyes. You know him and his you know he's graduating high school, but beforehand he's too busy fighting this uh this crazy kid. Evil space wizard calls herself calls herself fade away, and you know she's trying he's trying to, you know, take her down to save his town. But she ends up teleporting away, and turns out he's got thirty three missed calls from his mom because he needs to be at his high school because he's graduating that day. Well, when Mama yeah, him says and you need to be there, Mama Sita means you need to be there. Exactly. And he's got his uh, his two friends that are graduating with him and ready to go to college, and he doesn't quite know what he's going to do yet. And as he sits down next to his buddy Paco, this crazy uh, alien face pops up in his mind due to the uh, the scarab that's fused to his back, gives him his powers. And the the, uh, the alien says, do you really think you're free of us? And he's trying not to spaz out in front of Paco. And as his family starts taking pictures of him, he ends up turning and running out of the uh, out of the football arena and turns back into Blue Beetle and end up flying off planet. And the, uh, the scarab basically takes over because a lot of times they work together and sometimes the... Uh, the scarab takes over. Is it more technology? So up, is it more technology based, like the the entirety of, of the beetle, or is it more mystical? It really kind of depends on the uh, the author. Currently, it's currently I believe it's technology based, but I'm, the uh, the scarab is in fact sentient. So it's very very much like Venom, kind of only. Not quite so. Eat your face off. More like techno organic, or they haven't really defined it, or something a little bit new. Because when I hear, because if, if I use the word techno organic, I immediately think of cable. Um, but it doesn't sound like this is what that it is at all. But more like, like no, it's got it's got a techno organic. It's definitely like alive, but it's definitely like techno organic. Probably would be a solid way to t- think about it, but it is its own entity. While it's not like. Like a techno organic virus trying to kill him. Right. It is fused to his back. Like he can't remove it at all, unfortunately. But as he ends up coming back to his place, his uh his uh, parents were throwing him a graduation party. And he's just trying to figure out what's going on, and then uh turns around and he you know, somebody behind him saying everyone give him some space and he's like I know that voice and it turns around that uh, Superman has is, uh, crashed his, par- his party All so right. Superman, needs to, Superman needs to talk to him but beforehand he's uh, eating some elote and him and, him and Jaime's mom 
have an excellent little conversation in Spanish. So we find out the Superman speaks fluent Spanish. Of course he does. And I thought that was just hilarious. But yeah, they end up going out into the backyard and Superman's trying to be like, you know, this is a huge milestone for you and, you know, what's going on with your future? And Jaime's just like, I really wish people would just stop asking me that. And uh, Superman's here to let him know that they, uh, the Justice League is going to ground him for right now. Because there's some stuff going on that uh, they can't have him be a part of. And Superman tells him that he needs to focus on himself and his priorities at the moment. And Jaime takes it as, you guys don't trust me. You know, he's like, I want to help. I want to figure this out, too. And Superman's just like, you know, we're just looking out for you, man. Like, that's all we're trying to do. Nothing, not stepping on toes. Uh, just real quick, how are they spelling Jaime? Are they spelling it like Jamie? It's a J-A-I-M-E-I-E, I think. Yeah, yeah. Just being, just curious, just me being the Mexican I am. But yeah, and Superman's just kind of like, hey, you know, we're not, we're trying to help you out. Just remember you have friends and... You know, you have friends, you have fellow heroes, and you have family. And no matter what, you know, family always comes first. And he ends up flying away. It's kind of an odd thing to be taught but from an alien. Um, Latino culture, like, that's ingrained in us, man. Like, uh, it's, it's one of the most important aspects of being alive. If when it comes to human interaction is the importance of family, whether or not like my sister and I have had some knockdown dragouts, but um, mm-hmm. I've never hated her. I love her. Oh, <coughs> like just you know, like if something happened, but like introducing Superman kind of bothers me because the second like you start bringing in the the heavy hitters on issue one. Tells mm-hmm. me that that someone doesn't think that the main character Blue Beetle can't handle his own story without like some heavy hitters coming in all the time. Remember how upset I was at freaking uh, Darkhawk, and um, all of a sudden Miles Morales showed up. I'm like, we don't need no Miles Morales. We need Darkhawk. <laughs> like, um, yeah. Did did it have that feel? No, the whole thing actually, because it ends up leading into a conversation between uh, Superman and Batman, and the whole reason he's trying to, well, basically he's just ch- put, telling him to stay back, because the uh, Justice League intercepted the communication from the Reach, which are the uh, basically the alien life forms that the Scarab comes from, and you know, bat, you know, he Superman tells Batman that he's. You know, he has no idea what's coming. And Bruce, Bruce uh, Batman is just like, you know, it's necessary. I'm analyzing this broadcast. And apparently we're going to be invaded. And the last thing they need is for Blue Beetle Scarab to turn on them. Because if it joins back up with the hive mind, it could be ca- catastrophic for everybody. So, like, kind of similar to if, like, Warlock all of a sudden decided he missed the phalanx? Pretty much, yeah. I've always really enjoyed Blue Beetle. Um, 
the only time I didn't was how quickly him and Booster Gold got like taken KO'd out of the out of the fight um, the Justice Society and Justice League uh, during the Doomsday on his way to Metropolis um, mm-hmm. definitely have my eye on that Blue Beetle Booster Gold set uh, McFarlane made um, but like, where's the story going? I mean, is is anything happening that is enticing you to buy issue two in any way? Oh yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a uh, like I said. There's an alien invasion coming. On top of that, you know, Jamie and his personal life. He's uh, you know, he he's you know graduated high school, so he's becoming a man, quote unquote. You know, when he goes back in and he's unwrapping all these presents his family got him, and turns out it's paper towels and regular towels and pillows. And his family's like, you know, if you guys, if you're not going to get a job, then you're going to, you know, well, basically, if you're not going to college, you're going to get a job. Yeah. And you're going to start, you know, handling your stuff because you're a man. So now you got to, you know, deal with those responsibilities. Did you get the pressure from your folks to go to college? I definitely, they definitely wanted me to. I freaking, I kind of lax, I was lackadaisical on it and freaking, uh. You know, looking back, I think there definitely would have been uh, it would have been substantially different had I actually gone. You know, looking back now, I kind of wish I'd taken advantage of the thought process. But yeah, yeah, he ends up he's gonna end up moving in with his Tia and his Tio for the summer, and getting a job at their diner. You know, and as uh, as he's trying to handle this, all of a sudden Paco's looking at his phone. And he's like, you have to see this. And there's this. And then all of a sudden, this uh, this other super being in a yellow scarab outfit, yellow and black scarab outfit, is destroying downtown. And his other friend just looks up, looks at uh, Jaime and just goes, anyone you know? And that's where the issue comes to an end. That, that sounds like a hoot, man. That sounds great. Uh, how was the artwork? Artwork's solid. Not, you know, it's not as uh the 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 litmus test for me uh when it comes to whether art is solid or good uh, because there's it, it is a uh, a couple specific books um long way to short place like original watching reading the x-files books you see the cover marion kim is like knocking on the park they're they're just as good as Glenn Fabry or Sam Keith or um, you name it. But then you open it up and yeah. it's this black and white garbage. And I, But I was a kid. And then I didn't understand the use of light and dark and inks and, and I wanted them to look exactly like Mulder and Scully. But as mm-hmm. an adult now, in hindsight, Charles Adler uh, knocked it out of the park. Like, he knew exactly what he was doing uh, with just plain Jane freaking human interaction. There's very little, like, supernatural until, like, you know, things built up. Um, but um, the other litmus test when it comes to superhero books is uh, I always land on Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse, okay. all like Legion Quest, those books were freaking beautiful. But then we got uh, Age of Apocalypse Alpha, Maduria cover, Maduria interior. 
he didn't it set the tone for what was going on and then it ends and then when we if you compare alpha to prime and omega uh, uh alpha alpha and omega were gorgeous full on Maduria, like I, I can't remember if he did both of them but it would have been someone just as good as like freaking like bagley or uh uh rest of soul um um Bacalo. um but then we got prime remember where everything's like we're back home we're back in westchester it had that yellow cover and it still had that acetate like yeah. cool cover and then you open it up and it's like what is this um on that sort of level or even like i don't know mcfarland to bagley and, and amazing um did the cover measure up to the interior? <clears throat> yeah, no, the uh, the cover was actually really similar to the interior of the uh, of the book, which is always good. I agree with you on that. Like a lot of the some of the images were actually taken. It's a it's got the beetle and then it's got a bunch of pictures around it for each individual arm and whatnot. It's gorgeous. Some of the pictures were actually the exact same ones as inside the book. So I would definitely say it's a plus. But yeah, no, I'm definitely going to continue getting the rest of the series. Blue Beetle's kind of one of those characters I feel like doesn't really get his due, hasn't picked up an audience yet. You know, hopefully the, uh, hopefully the movie coming out next year will, you know, do some, uh, do some good and change in that. I hope so, man. Maybe get the Beatle on ongoing series. I'm looking forward to some brown people, man. Um, growing up, uh, I lived all over the world with my dad and my mom and my sister growing up military, um, born in New Mexico. But when I go back home, I mentioned this before, I'm just not Mexican enough for everyone. I'm too pale or I'm too tall. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't absolutely appreciate brown people doing things for brown people um yeah selena la bamba okay like i can easily land on those but if i went to a luchador show wearing an i hate selena shirt uh i'm not coming back (laughs) like that's yeah that's suicide mission granted like i said stereotypically easy to land on but we love those people uh, George, I was reading, a, mm-hmm. watching an interview of George Lopez the other day where he was talking about getting picked for this and how excited he is. He said it's the first Mexican or Latino, I can't remember whatever term he used. He didn't, he sure as hell didn't say Latinx. Um, yeah. Um, but he was really proud of it. And talking about all of the Latino, uh, I, I, I don't prefer any of the terms. You can... Like, you can call me whatever you want. Mexican, the S word, the B word, like, because I like beans. What, you're going to make fun of one of my favorite foods? Like, keep going. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Um, but how, how proud he was to be a part of it. And uh, and I was like, and I wanted to ask you, because at the time I was recommending, do, do Latino... Or Puerto Rican, I mean, like, is 
solid someone to take seriously as uh, a superhero, a comic book, and as a movie that actually matters and not a throwaway. I'm hoping for it, man. Uh, the the yeah, hopefully it'll go hopefully it'll do well, man. I mean, DC's been DC's been on the comeback for a few years now, man. Shazam, Aquaman, uh, Black Adam was awesome. The Suicide Squad was freaking phenomenal. Oh yeah. I mean, they got you know they've hit they've, they've hit more freaking they've got more home runs than they've had freaking. You know, foul balls. Yeah, yeah, I get it, man. Freaking, uh, you, you, know, so, I mean, you almost punched me through the phone when you thought I was sending you with a Suicide Squad uh, spoiler. Spoiler, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A fist almost came I out of my it. freaking phone, uh, which would have been logical and deserved if I had done something like that because that movie was too good. Also true. <laughs> too good. Too good. Um, I'm, I'm well, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, because I think the last... Probably the last movie that DC put out that was really like, eh. It's probably like Wonder Woman 84, maybe. And it wasn't necessarily that it was a bad movie. It was just kind of forgettable. Uh, They played Blue Monday, so I'm not the right person to ask that question to. You played. So it had a good soundtrack. That doesn't matter. You played New Order. It matters. You played New Order and anything with Joshua Michael, and I'm going to love it. one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, freaking nice. uh, uh, buddy at work was asking me about comics, and uh, he's like, "Did you know that the true, real first Raider movie was Blade?" And I'm like, "I did actually." Like, and I, I, I humored him, you know. Like he was, he was wanting to make polite conversation with me, knowing that I like comic books, and uh, <laughs> he gave it an effort. Yeah, he, he really he was just wanting to be a nice guy and have a conversation. I was outside smoking or. And freaking, uh, he had a lot of cool insights on it. But then he said something really funny. He's like, that movie could have ended after the first 10 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> yeah. You're totally right. I could We could have been in the theater and paid the seven fifty, which I remember paying when I actually saw that in the theater. Uh, and he kills all the vampires at the club scene and like the end. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, for you minefielders out there, that song, by the way, is called confusion. It's a remix of a new era song, actually not new era new. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah, it's totally new era. No, um, uh, new order. Song. We have a house band. Yeah. It's a, that sounds nothing like it. You, you, listen to them side by side they're, they're not the same but freaking it's an acid house track which is characterized by pretty much using the same cool riff that you've made up and then repeat it and gradually alter it incrementally over the course of 12 minutes um um man blade i think the guy the new guy they cast is just too skinny or or do i just love wesley snipes too much yeah, I mean, you love Wesley Snipes, sure, but I mean, if they're gonna, he's he'll probably put on some muscle before the uh, actual filming. You'd figure. I don't know, man. There's just something about that look. I, I I feel like, I feel like that look was so encapsulated that every time I've seen Blade since then in the books, it's a 
a, a, an homage or a variant of it. Um, watch, I, I, I would, I would feel like cheating on my girlfriend watching a new Blade movie, if that makes sense. Like, it's just, you're not Blade. <laughs> like, or, 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 I Maybe got... Maybe it's a new, a younger, hotter Blade, though. No, I, like, I, I can see that, but even then, like, watching the new Blade would be like, that's not Wesley Snipes, and not with that killer charger he had, and awesome katana, uh, would be like, getting dumped by the real Blade and dating someone that resembles Blade. And I'm only doing it because I really miss the real Blade. I think you just got to give it a shot and maybe it'll work. Who knows? And uh, I was all up in arms about Batterson. Oh, oh yeah. That was definitely... And that ended good. up, you know, it wasn't necessarily my favorite interpretation of the Batman, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't I just bad. hated emo Bruce Wayne. Emo Bruce Wayne sucked. Oh yeah, totally. No, Bruce Wayne doesn't but mean him as a Batman wasn't bad. His car was cool though. Uh so I mean in, in it is what it is. A, a conversation that I had with another gentleman at work, somehow we landed on Will Smith. Uh talking about Will Smith. And I was like, you know, the Original Men in Black was actually a, a Malibu book. You couldn't give that book away, uh, according to um, Uncle George over there at Muse. Um, now it's worth hundreds of thousands. And um, uh, like, what do you think about Will Smith? And I was like, what should I think of Will Smith? And, well, you know, him slapping Chris Rock. And I was like, you know, it's obvious that he has no control over his life. But... In parallel to what we're talking about, Blade versus New Blade, could you imagine that you're the amount of unshakable insecurity that you would have no matter what, no matter what your wife says, that you're that you're better than anyone else and they love you so much, if your ex your wife's ex-boyfriend was Tupac Shakur and you're Will Smith. California love or parents just don't understand. It's not going to measure up. <laughs> like, it's, it's just not happening. And kind of feel bad for new guy. Tupac Shakur. Will Smith. Welcome to Earth. Or uh, Will Smith was once the highest paid actor in Hollywood, though. Yes, he was, but he's no Tupac Shakur. Yeah. Like I said. Does he need to be, though? He's put out. He's put out some pretty effing. Um, he won a freaking award for whatever movie he did last year, where he played uh, the Williams sisters. Freaking yeah, King James. Uh, you know, it's the dad. He's freaking Will Smith, dude. King James. <laughs> like, poetic I like justice. Tupac, I like to. Yeah, but he was also <laughs> Deadshot, and that was amazing. And he was in freaking Men in Black, and that was amazing. And he was in Independence Day, and that was amazing. Like, that was one movie. <laughs> Will Smith's still killing it. Like, I, I get what you're saying. That was cool back then. Yeah. But, like, freaking, unfortunately, Tupac Shakur didn't freaking... He didn't live long enough to become the legacy he could have been. Or ruin it. I'm not saying he doesn't have a legacy. I'm saying... His legacy, by all rights and freaking means, should have been huge. 
should have been amazingly bigger than what it was or what it is. She's probably said his name in bed Like, that's before. cool. I think Will Smith just married to a crazy broad. She's definitely married to a crazy broad. Under no circumstances. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, freaking, she's lucky to be married to Will Smith. That is a great point, and I love the fact that you said that because you were absolutely correct. Uh, just because I would pick uh, Machiavelli over like, Paris like to Last time she mattered, she was Fish Mooney. <laughs> She 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 was terrible as Niobe in the Matrix. She was the quintessential trying too hard. I don't need no man chick in any movie. And then they like put an exclamation point in it in the in in uh, um, Resurrections. They just made it look terrible. Uh, but you were correct. Yeah, uh, I would I would definitely still be happy to be married to a Will Smith. Uh, but I really like California Love, man. <laughs> Um, it was good, dude. It was cool thirty something years ago. Still cool now. Like it's cool, but he should have. Like in all honesty, guy should have had the opportunity to do so much more. Or make. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to knock on Tupac at all. You're not. You're not. Freaking. uh, You know the fact that he was killed in his prime. Not. I don't even know if he hit his prime yet. He was in his early twenties. He probably hadn't even hit his prime. I'll give you. He probably would have done even greater things. I'll give you but this. But he never got the opportunity to do so. Will Smith was hanging out with uh, one of the main guys. We're talking about uh, Quincy Jones. Produced Thriller. Mm-hmm. Tupac was hanging out with Shoj Knight. One of these guys made better decisions. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. That girl's crazy. Under no, no no circumstances could my wife ever convince me that we should be in an open relationship. Like that's not the point of this. <laughs> that's not the point of this. Um, yeah. Okay. Great discussion. I dig it. Need to get rid of that blanket. Yeah, I gotta get rid of that blanket. <laughs> I'll go throw it away right now. Yeah, but then you get to have that conversation about what happened to my blanket. I don't know. I'll say some Patrick Bateman stuff, man. Freaking spilled wine on it. And there, was a, there was a fire. <laughs> it used to be like my roommate's dog peed on it or something. Yeah, but then we run the risk of her being mean to the dog. That's why you don't let her over. Hopefully she this is all via the magic of text messaging. Yeah, but then she'll then. All right, just to put it to bed. What's the best way to do this? We drive by. You throw it out the window. We run. Or you send it to her piece by piece. <laughs> And then she decides she wants to start practicing voodoo, and she's got my saliva on the licked envelopes. When it comes to witchcraft, I don't play around. The only witch I have ever trusted is Candace. 
I trust her so much, I gave her a lock of my hair. And then, a month later, she posts a, posts a picture of all the voodoo dolls. And I'm like, oh no. And she sends me an LOL. Funny enough, I actually still have mine. It's right over there. I saw it in the photos of, uh, like, uh, Miss Morales posted photos of your tree and a lot of killer memorabilia you have on the wall, and I saw it, but uh, everyone had posted all their voodoo dolls that everyone still had. Yep. She got your beard perfect. Yep. Only which I've ever trusted, instinctively. So much so, I gave her a lock of my hair. Well, that's going to be your mistake. Probably. But nonetheless, any other comic books you want to talk about? Yeah, we've got a couple, man. Uh, Freaking, I I read all of Blood Feud. Um, Tony Daniel, uh, Kevin Conrad did the art on this. They they took turns (coughs) in freaking inking. Like, there was a a lot of work done in here. the, the real hero on the art of this is Ted Broker, who did uh, all the coloring, and I believe he worked for all the optics. Uh, Alan Moore wrote this story, and I'd never got my hands on this before. Um, I had, like, issue one, and then I, I, I lost it, um, which is really rare that that would happen. I think I lent it to a buddy or something like that. But uh, Alan Moore, Watchmen... Uh, Spawn issue seven. He's the one that uh, really fleshed out the character of Billy Kincaid. Um, yeah, we can keep going with the for Vendetta, uh, but this is basically Al's costume. Uh, Kanan Letha freaking is or K seven is he's learning that it's alive. He knew it was alive pretty much right off the bat, but at the same time though, it's undergoing the. Um, the changes it needed to go through. And I'm not talking about like, like remember uh, we, the first time we went to, uh, was it heroes and um, the nice place. Before Dragons? We, yeah. Before we get to Parker. Um, oh, hero, 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 in the, hero, headquarters, hall of justice. Hall of justice. Uh, I was like, Hey, this is issue 25. This is a, a legit one. It's actually originally priced a spawn. This is in your like, I, oh, you pass on it, no, no harm, no foul, but um, this is him learning the ins and outs of his costume while being held responsible for and being framed for, for some horrible murders. We got The Violator, uh, we got Sam and Twitch mixed on this, my favorite two uh, detectives, gumshoes of all time. Um, I don't want to give the ending away. All I gotta say is that I, I found it a little anticlimactic, but only anticlimactic when I'm talking about Spawn. Um, it's always definitive when something happens, but it's really rare that someone mm-hmm. that actually wants to challenge the reader and have them land on their own opinion of what just happened um, is more important to them than giving them a definitive ending. Like, for example... Um, Philip K. Dick wrote Total Recall um, but the movie had that completely was that all a dream was that all the implants uh, 
Does it matter? It does not. What matters to the writer was you landed on what you wanted to land on. And it's also up to you. And it, how nice, what a great uh, literary function or, or, or tool or, um, I don't know, gimmick, however you want to put it. But to put the reader in responsibility for how they think it truly ended. And then if you were a writer and you came up to Phil Tig or like uh, Paul Verhoeven who did, uh, who directed Total Recall, was it a dream? Well, what did you think? I think it was a dream. It was a dream. You're right. Might not or have been. Or are you? It, 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 no, not even an or are you. Uh, just, you're right. Totally dream. That really happened. You liberated everyone in Mars. It absolutely did, sir. Right after homie in front of him was like, it was a dream. Um, to put the, the reader in charge of something you wrote, I think that is lovely. Like, that, that is something that needs to be studied. Um, that is something that I think needs to happen more often. Um, in in a, a, a semi-parallel, how, did you enjoy the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books back in the day? Mm-hmm. They were awesome. They weren't the best books in yeah. the world. But it was nice to be in charge. To make the decisions. And you're also putting the work in. Yeah. You're putting the work in. And um, I really appreciate that. I had a conversation with my boss today because uh, we had some stuff go down at work. But um, we usually bend to each other about other things because I'm getting really close to the guy. I really love this guy. And uh, he's like, what type of writer do you want to be? I'm like, you know, I was um, asked my my friend, would you read a script I wrote? And I didn't send it to you. And I'd worked on it. Yeah, I noticed that. I tweaked it. I tweaked it. And I'm staring at it. And uh, I was, I've was i always been really inspired by um, really dark things. Sandman, horror movies, being overall goth. I'm trying to be as spooky as I want to be. Freaking Wednesday was like, uh, I make, like, do you make it a habit of scaring people? She's like, no, I make it more of a hobby. Um, totally online with that. And I wanted to make sure that there was anything in there that I, because I wrote this a, a couple of years ago and I've been tweaking it gradually. And I'm looking it over before I send it to you. And um, it has no literary value. Okay. As a first issue, it's, I think it's fun. I think it's funny. I, I, there's a couple funny parts, but I think it like develops characters into a certain spot, and it's a good issue one. Because I've read, I read a million issues of uh, number ones to figure out how to introduce characters and get people to like something. And within my own realm of trying to tell the story I wanted to. But then I was influenced by movies like Seven or Eight Millimeter, where there is no redemption. In these books. In these movies. Mm -hmm. You watch 8mm, he kills the bad guys, the snuff film was real, the little girl got butchered and raped. Um, you watch 7, um, 
John Doe completes his series of seven. Brad Pitt puts a bullet in his head. John Doe wins. There's no winners, only losers. Yeah. Brad Pitt put a bullet in John Doe's head. He's going to go to jail. Morgan Freeman didn't prevent John Doe from winning. Um, Nick Cage character in 8mm found out the movie was real, risked his family uh, because he was gone so long and hiding everything when he was investigating. Killed everyone responsible for making the movie. Goes home. He's lucky she doesn't leave him. And... No redemption. Yeah. There was no lessons learned. There was nothing in anything of these movies that you could take from. And there's comic books like out there like this, and I don't want to put them on blast. Um, I'll put one. The Crow. Um, no redemption. James O'Barr wrote The Crow as an attempted catharsis to the pain and agony he felt um, when his love of his life was killed by a drunk driver. He puts it in the book. If if you watch or you read The Crow, the original ones, you can see the terrible mm-hmm. art develop into wonderful art in terms of like proportionism. Like we're talking about just form in general, uh, from issue yeah. one until like the the last one. And I watched an interview with him, and he was in a his studio was all completely dark. The only light was the small lamp over his drawing board. Just so we could see what he was doing. It was obvious he was probably doing meth. He was completely emaciated. And he said uh, very specifically, I wrote this as a catharsis and it made it worse. Jeez. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't need that. I, I, I would like for... I don't want someone to come up to me like, oh, you saved my life. Uh, no, I want someone to be like, wow, I learned something. Or I learned how better writing, or it wasn't just murder for mayhem. Mm-hmm. That's There's certain things as a writer, especially when you're skilled at it, because I know you do because you write great wrestling stories, that you can't simply land on the easy stuff. It all writes itself, brother. <laughs> Inside joke, minefielders. But, uh, yeah. um, Blood Feud had that make up your own mind. It had enough murder and mayhem and demonic stuff and great artwork just to satiate us at the time that we really liked it. Um, But it it had the open ending. Um, Spawn right now... uh, Pull it up real quick. King Spawn, number 17... They've been revisiting a lot of the, the tropes from the beginning, and I don't hate it, but we're talking about Spawn betraying the human race just to resurrect his wife. And his best friend, when he was alive, knows he's alive, been trying to help him. They've betrayed each other back and forth. Um, 
And now we're learning that there's other entities out there that want Earth, that want access to it. And we're talking mind control. We're talking a cult that um, I'm not sure how much he rips things from the headlines. I hate that term, but I shouldn't use it if I hate it. But it's the best way I can say it on the spot. Um, uh, Psalms, the the cult, uh, was killing children, led by Billy Kincaid. Oh, led by Billy Kincaid, mm-hmm. um, back from back from hell, and. Spawn finished him off, but uh, let me pull up the actual name of the cult because there's a number to it. Um, Psalms 137. And now they lost their leader, but it turns out that the kids that they were killing had actually been offered up by sacrificial lambs by Psalms. Psalms convinced families to offer up their children for sacrifice to provoke Spawn to go crazy, to open up the dead zones that he locked, which are the portals that you can get from heaven to earth or hell from earth or hell to heaven in general. Mm-hmm. He locked them. Everyone on earth that's heaven, earthly, or demonic is trapped and everyone trying to get in can't get in. And... That happened right after the throne of hell has been, like, eradicated. Maman's gone. Malbolgia's gone. There's no king of hell right now. They've never actually said that there's a Satan. They've talked, talked, mentioned things about the Lightbringer or, uh, you know, those old school names. Like, you know, the Unclean or, like, something like that. But they've never actually said there's a devil devil satan or lucifer yeah they have mentioned there's a god and she's a tiny little black lady um but uh i, I think they're probably gonna f- amend that in terms of like they didn't like where that was going but right now spawn finds out that psalms 137 killed all these kids but the kids were offered up by brainwashed adults and the adults were told that if Spawn doesn't unlock the dead zones, after we kill your kids, you have to kill yourself. And they find a warehouse filled with the, with the moms and dads of the, that offered up the sacrificial lambs dead. By their own oh, hands. Wow. By their own hands. And Kincaid is dead. And like, like minimal influence gave that to them. And now Spawn has to deal with the fact that uh, there's another cult that is trying to convince him to be their king. Uh, like, well, this is within King Spawn. Um, while he's handling the Scorch, we got a new bad guy named Behemoth who's gorgeous. That uh, well, not gorgeous, is gorgeously demonic, and he doesn't lose the fight. He just disappears. Now, one of the kids that was supposed to be killed by Psalms was actually picked up by Mother Gaia, who runs the green. This is something that only happened in the past two years. We had heaven, hell, but now we have the green, where things grow. And there's a Gaia. One of the kids that should have been killed uh, during, like, a a political, like, we're we're talking, like, think January 6th, but there was a kid that should have gotten a bullet in the head. 
Spawn saved him. The kid disappears, ends up in the green. He tracks him down to the green, and it turns out the green understands that Spawn's wife, the whole reason this is all happening in the first place, you know, let me see Wanda, I'll be your soldier. And the green says, hey, uh, leave the kid here. Uh, the kid merges with, he's able to control, like, a, I don't want to say evil, but, like, basically, like, their Goliath. And, um, mm-hmm. he's left there to grow and train. And the ending of King Spawn is all of that combined with the best friend that married Spawn's wife after he died. Where's my daughter? You're supposed to save her. And he's like, hey, she's in hiding. You know, we got a problem here. But then Gaia shows up and... Uh, reveals to little boy that should have died on January 6th, Spawn's responsible for your mom's death. And you have control of this giant Goliath, the behemoth. Now, what are you going to do with that? Exactly. I, like, it was a long way. It, it, like, what's, what's, I, I've had to reread a lot of Spawn just to get caught up on it. It's not hard to keep up mm-hmm. with. It's just there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. The artwork is great. King Spawn's about Spawn becoming king, trying to get Wanda back. The Scorch is about uh, Redeemer and uh, She Spawn and Medieval Spawn fighting um, all the, the, like, the peripheral stuff of all the guys trying to, and gals trying to open up the, get Spawn to open up the, the dead zones so they can go back and forth. And then, of course, regular Spawn is just the internal dialogue of actual Al Simmons' spawn. I have... Mm-hmm. I, I feel guilty how much I bitched about spawn in the past couple of years because there's been some bad issues of spawn. You used the B word. One... <laughs> All right, one. Uh, a boiler friendly. Oh, you're so good too. Boiler friendly. Um, it's a it's it's a lot to it's a lot to take on. Um, word to the wise minefielders: If you are not getting spawn and they're not on your subscriptions, if you miss an issue, you are screwed. Unless you live in Colorado and you have like how many. Like, literally, how many comic stores do we have to rely upon? There's Ed's. Probably about legitimately 10. Ed's, Muse, Kapow, Vans. There's the new one opening up uh, in that. Tiger, Tiger Lilies. There, there's the new Tiger Lilies. Dome one. There's Tiger Lilies. That's six. There's Manitou Springs. Uh, Heroes and Dragons, which Here's, is kind of worthless. Yes. Um... There's two all C's. That's ten. There's the 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 one where uh uh like the one the one in uh in monument, monument. not monument um Castle Rock. <sighs> no Castle. The, the mini oh, yeah, one. The mini two. one in Castle Rock counts. But then there's the one that's by the subway that we didn't decide to eat at. That's a that's twelve. Yeah. Mile high is two. So that's nineteen. Plus, um... Hall of Justice. We already said Hall of Justice. Uh, Hero Headquarters. Hero Headquarters, that's 20. In like three or four cities in this area. Within 75 miles. At least 20 comic book stores. 
Uh, oh, don't forget, there's uh, the flea market. That's 21. Um, that's like 23, then. There's so the flea market's got three individual stores in there. 23, plus that one that didn't want us to come film at. That's 24. We've not been to that one yet. Um, oh, hey, Cobalt. 25. <coughs> that's a lot. Um... Oh, and a uh, freaking Escape Velocity. <coughs> 26. And then we can count as 27 as the quarterly gimmick Comic Con um, here at uh, Chapel Hills. So it's 27. It's biannually. And then freaking uh, just... Denver Comic Con, that's gonna count as another one, so it's 28. So there are options, is what you're saying. There are options. But it's the best. We got options. Long live it. Let's go into Night, night, night Wing before we wrap it up. We got a few more. Yeah, we can just end it with this one, man. I'm freaking passing yeah, out. I am too, man. Uh, Appreciate let me getting the spawn like that. It's been like every time I talk about spawn, I'm always like, wait, man, there's one thing I forgot about, and then no, no, I I I reread a ton of spawn. Um, again, uh, so pull up uh, Nightwing Origin 2022 Annual. Gorgeous cover. We turn the page. We got spawn versus. Oh, I got spawn versus Batman. Um, one of the two, there's the third one coming out next week, but I get the one that matters. It's the Frank Miller one with McFarlane. Um, how did you feel about this issue, man? Cause it's, it's I didn't read Spawn versus Batman. No, I'm talking about Nightwing. Oh, yeah, it was cool. We got the, uh, we got the uh, origin of Heartless, which is pr pretty interesting. Like, on the one side, it was cool. On the other side, it was kind of another inverse of Bruce Wayne. You read my mind. It kind of kind of reminded me of Hush's origin a little bit. You read my mind. It's the opposite of Pennyworth. It's the opposite of Bruce. So, like, the, op the, the opposite Pennyworth thing's kind of new. I don't think we've seen an opposite of Alfred. Well, I mean, Alfred so kinda, was the, the, the MI6 guy. And this guy is the serial killer sociopath that kills a guy on a cruise and assumes his identity. The identity, yeah. They, they were both involved in killing. One of them was noble. The other one was filthy. One kid mm -hmm. was being raised up right. The other one that, that's bright and intelligent and has vision and drive. This one, they they slap an autistic logo on him and he doesn't talk until he sees the Grayson side. And then we get this big old smile. Yeah. That, Cause Bruce is there too. Well, Bruce is there. Tim Drake's there. Quite a few people are there. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, yeah. It's kind of interesting thinking that 
one of the most impactful moments in Gotham was at the circus. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing that stood out to you? It's kind of like freaking the origin of Batman meets Dexter, really. Great point. He's got the the guy, you know, willing to teach him. But, you know, you got to keep it secret. You can't let people know. And then we find out that this guy was the, uh, the guy that was mean to a young Babs and Dick when they were kids. And Dick kind of put him in his place. I love that flashback. I mean, but like, I, one of the reasons, and, and just put it in perspective in terms of comic books, uh, we both got that book the same day when it came out, and freaking, like, we were there. This wasn't a flashback that was like this relevatory, freaking, like, oh man, we gotta get that issue. We were there. Mm hmm. But yeah, then it uh, turns out his parents die in a helicopter crash. Accident. Accident. And they just start, uh, they start working on him. You know, they remove body parts, put in freaking cybernetics. And uh, they talk about the, all the ambition of making this, this poor sociopathic kid into basically a hunter. You know, stalking his prey, freaking tearing out the hearts of freaking parents everywhere. You know, until he kills off uh kills off Blockbuster a couple issues ago. And then he uh that's how the issue ends is or this part of it ends is that they're uh inserting Heartless or Blockbusters enlarged heart into Heartless. I still think I mean, it's kinda interesting. I was kind of, I was kind of, I, I had my thoughts on who Heartless really was, and to find out it was somebody that we did know of earlier that wasn't really a uh, a top tier character. Obviously, I didn't worry too much about it. There was just something about Heartless that was so whimsical that I was like, okay, I, as long as it's not like, oh, I was the Riddler the whole time, I was gonna be happy. Yeah. Uh, that definitely would have been uh, less than ideal, but yeah, no, I'm happy with the, I'm happy with the result. I just kind of, like I said, I kind of fantasy booked my own idea of who I thought Heartless was. Who'd you think? I think originally I thought it might have been how they were going to bring back Alfred. In all honesty, I did too. Uh, but only because you had mentioned it like vaguely one time, and I didn't want that to happen, and I also didn't want to be like, dude. That's a terrible idea. Like, uh, one of the worst things you can well, do. I didn't say it was something that would happen. I just thought that's where it was going to end up going. No, I, I, I agree. I'm just saying but. that, like, if I had shot you down, that would have been an injustice to you of discrediting your feelings about where the writing's going. Like, uh, that's uh, something I, I really uh, am passionate about is not to ever ruin someone's idea about what they want to happen and like like, like uh, let's say you and i were, were we're in line at aw get some hot dogs and get a couple of beers and there's a couple people in front of us like i think this is going to happen because this means something and i read this in the dirt sheets 
And we absolutely know they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're like, do we A, chime in and say they're wrong and ruin their joy or just let them continue their their, their conversation and enjoy their passion for it, you know? Like, like or... I, I get what you're saying, but I have totally done the opposite. I have totally called them out on being dumbasses. I've totally done the same thing too. <laughs> but... Oh. But I, I I I don't think it's right. But every now and then it's kind of fun, especially if they're like, oh, like Goldberg come Goldberg's definitely losing tonight. No, he isn't. <laughs> no, he isn't. Yeah, no, he never loses. Uh, Kevin Owens, especially in Saudi Arabia, totally gonna beat Goldberg. No, he's not. <laughs> it's like that conversation in friggin' uh, uh, Billy Madison. Uh, me and Veronica Vaughn totally got it on. No, you didn't. <laughs> I knew a guy. No, you don't. <laughs> not, not, not at all. No. Um, but every now and then, if you're having a bad day, it's kind of fun to mess with some wrestling folk. That is true. This pop's going to be worth a million dollars, bro. Uh, that is a Jan Brady with the Invisible George Glass Special Edition. No, it's not. No. In 20 years, all the people that like the Brady Bunch are going to be dead. Literally. <laughs> They're probably already there, Al. <laughs> your, your investment is a <coughs> Um Yeah, your investment is bad and you should feel bad. <laughs> yeah right but uh the the bite wing story here um i want you to take point but uh before we start i read an article a couple weeks ago about um i can't remember what group did this a scientific study about whether or not dogs can magically detect that their owners are on the way home and gotcha. they filmed the dogs at home Lay in the room, whether or not tearing up the furniture or not. But like eight out of ten knew before the car even pulled into the driveway that master was home. Nice. They could feel it. They, they, there was there was like whether or not we're correct that they could feel it, but statistically eight out of ten could feel it or, or got excited even when the masters came home like they get off work six like six o'clock work is 15 minutes away these dogs aren't getting excited at 6 15 p.m yeah they had them come at sporadic moments and they felt it and uh, I, I really like your thoughts on this one man <laughs> Yeah, no, we got uh, apparently bite wings been having troubles uh, not destroying the apartment when Tim and Babs are out. They end up leaving them alone for a date night. And freaking, actually, you know, there's this whole thing where all these ones are coming down and, you know, 
Nightwing and Babs are captured. And who's going to save the day but good old Bitewing. Oh, yeah. With her uh, her outfit and her, her wings. There's not even a secret okay. identity here. There's like, like the one thing I wish I would have added was some sort of mask. So like like I can see that. Especially like I would have popped like not for like a, a full on cowl, but like like mm-hmm. a like a cheesy Zorro five dollar paper hat in the the rubber holding the mask from one ear to the other together. I think that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Even like the ribe the diamonds over the eyes like Robin or something. Oh yeah. Yeah, chasing down, uh, chasing down Catwoman. You know, and they end up freaking helping out all these other animals, helping these all these dogs get back to their owners. And they end up walking back into the apartment later. Apparently, it was all a dream. Well, don't forget the the but, Bitewing memorial statue. And the Bitewing is still alive and right there, and not in costume. Yeah. That is presented by the Nightwing's mayor slash sister. Right. Yeah, they come back in, and sure enough, Haley's over here just destroying the house still. She got the switch, man. She got the good one, too. That's the blue and the red one. That's the one that comes with the screen. Oh. And they're all just kind of hanging out on the couch afterwards. Freaking Babs is like, she is pretty adorable. And Dick's just like, yeah, but sometimes I wish I... Knew what was going on on that head of hers. If you guys didn't buy the first appearance of Bitewing, you messed up. Yeah, that's like a $30 book these days. It is. And she's relevant. And uh, the development of the relationship of Dick and Babs is hands down my favorite in all literature and movies. Um, she's not taking no guff. He's not some simp. Um, they have logical discussions. He's doing the right thing. She's doing the right thing. She's had to deal with, you know, her dad disappearing for a couple of months, trying to freaking kill the Joker, uh, training the Batgirls. Uh, he's trying to take care of Bloodhaven. Alfred's dead. Just got all this money. They blew up his house. They... Blockbuster's dead, knows his identity, but still we've got that problem with Heartless. Uh, still showing up and helping out in Robin when when you know uh, Damien was having trouble on the island, and came back to get some help. And then we've got a dog. And of all of the Nightwing stories we've read, um, when Haley got kidnapped. I couldn't, re- I have never in my life was I ever in a position where I couldn't read the book fast enough because my eyes needed a specific amount of time to decipher the symbols that are letters that form words to figure out what's going on while unfolding the pages while they develop the story in one of the most artistically beautiful ways I've ever seen a story get developed. Remember when they're riding their bikes? Mm-hmm. They're riding yep. the bikes, and um, they get to homie you stole them, and like, because it, it was, I, I remember, I'm not going to spend another dollar on this one, but I remember the you effed 
up. <laughs> he stole the dog. Mm-hmm. The fact that that guy made it out there alive. I mean, like they they like they they're building up for a kid, man. Like like, and this isn't the nineties anymore. This isn't like let's get them together. Something crazy happens. She's got a problem. They break up. I see a solid, a solid, like, made in heaven dream relationship with Dick and Babs. And if that doesn't happen, uh, I'm, you're going to have to throw me in a car after 15 beers at Chili's and start a fight because I'm not going to be okay with it. Man, that <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, the uh, the lesson with uh, the tail end here with uh, Jonathan teaming up with uh, Dick here to teach him because he made a mistake and it cost him his life. And um, I was kind of confused on this one because I was having a conversation. Yeah. Uh, remember the conversation we had before we started about a lot of different things. Um, with Nightwing mm-hmm. training Jonathan, but not being as hard on him as Bruce was. Um, how did you feel about that? Because, like, I kind of feel like every up-and-comer needs to have a heavy hand. But he didn't give him the heavy hand. It was more of an open hand, but without the slap or, you know... Uh, basically... In well, that's mind, the thing, man. People freaking... People tr- learn differently. Like, what works for somebody isn't going to work for somebody else. And freaking, like, you, as you, as a guy that, you know, with wrestling, you know, I was trained to wrestle before I, well before I began rest, uh, training others, obviously. Yeah. And, like, I made it a personal point to take everything I learned from a wide variety of people, both, like, you know, in seminars and like from guys that were like substantially bigger stars for, as well as from the multitude of trainers I had when I started to kind of come up with my own curriculum. And like, if you want to be good at it, you have to, you know, because people are going to train you with how they feel you need to be trained initially, but you're always going to pick up other stuff you know, whether you're in the ring or, you know, in the field as like a superhero, you know, and that's, that's going to affect the way you would handle a situation. And it's not necessarily going to be the exact same way that the guy that trained you is going to handle it. So you no matter what, you're going to eventually have your own style and that's going to, you know, between you know in the field and when training somebody else you know your life experience is going to go you know sometimes it's going to be exactly how you were were trained and sometimes it's going to be exactly the opposite just kind of the you know the nature of the beast right it's a good point i mean just because he was trained that way doesn't mean he's he feels that that's the way he would train the, the, the question I had on this particular little mini story here is, does he lament that Bruce had such a heavy hand with him? 
And this is one of those things where I want to be easy on somebody. Or is it just, like you said, I figured out this person's particular coaching style and it works this way, despite the fact that it's a softer hand than Bruce had on Dick. Um, my question here is, is like, should Bruce have been so hard on Dick? For him to be able to be so yeah, easy it, it, the thing about it is, is it worked. It worked, and also you have to think about the yeah, you have to think about the fact that Jonathan is one of the most powerful people on the planet, right? So if he was super hard on him, all he's gonna if he, at best he's gonna clam up and walk away. Yeah, at worst he's gonna try to defend himself and freaking end up making bigger mistakes. So with a, a person that powerful, you almost you have to take an easier hand with him. Yeah, that's a good point. Because if not, you're you're screwed. Like, what are you gonna do? Tell him to freaking you know punch him like you mean it. Yeah. And the guy, the whole whole problem is that he ended up going too hard and hurting somebody, which is why he came to Nightwing in the first place. And Nightwing recognizes that there's reasons he didn't go to see Batman. Right. You know, that's he he realizes there's gonna be a a different um, more aggressive style and for a guy as powerful as Jonathan Kent, that's the last thing he needs. He needs somebody with compassion and he needs somebody that's gonna help him and not just make him into a killing machine because nobody wants that. Right. Or be another crazy alien influencer that freaking, you know, had brought more woe upon our land, our country, our planet, just from their secret existence being here. Uh, then yep. It's a legitimate question, man. It's one of my favorite parts of Batman versus Superman. Batman wasn't nice. wrong. Superman wasn't wrong just existing to just happen to, you know, show up here get properly mm -hmm. raised by the kids. Um, but they both had valid points and, you know, despite the fact that they made the mistake of, you know, introducing Doomsday from a freaking, like, reanimated corpse of Zod, um, doesn't mean that the rest of the story didn't have any relevance. And uh, that's, yeah. it, that's what you're saying here. And I appreciate that, man, because, like, have you ever had to coach someone heavy-handed while you're coaching someone soft-handed because they simply didn't need it? <coughs> yeah, I mean, each person, each individual trainee is going to need, you know, their own specific level of care. Like, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Like so, And some people are going to be, some people are going to react well to it, and some people aren't. And if not, you got to freaking figure out how to adapt to that, regardless of whether it's working or whether it needs a, it needs adjustment or if it's just not working at all. Yeah. I, I appreciate the insight on that, man, because I've only had to coach a couple of people when it comes to things, but that was like more corporate work, you know, shoot job stuff. Um, I was trained... Um, pretty brutally when it came to journalism and, mm -hmm. and, um, when it came to, um, 
photography because my photography teacher was heavy-handed and expensive. We're talking like 10 rolls of film a week. Oh, wow. But, I mean, that was back uh, in like 2004. Um, back when we had rolls of film. Yeah, I know, right? You know, and... Um, it's nice hearing that tete-a-tete, and thank you for helping me. Uh, thank you for letting me bring that out of you because um, I've seen you coach before, and unfortunately, the people I've seen you coach were not coachable. But you've also had you've also coached me in a lot of things when it comes to wrestling. Uh. I'm not a worker. But you've also, uh, I learned really early on, just ask Tony first. <laughs> just, just ask does Tony save first. a lot of time. What was that? does save a lot of time. It does save a lot of time. Hopefully no crazy, crazy-eyed blonde shows up anytime soon because I got more work to do. We, we have more work to do. We got to make comic. That is true. We got, we got newer, superior product coming up this weekend. Yep. This is true. This Saturday live. Mile high. Put some butts in some seats. Bring your friends. Bring some toys for some tots. This is true. (laughs) Uh, But nonetheless, man, I think it's about time to call it an evening. Science Kiosky. Yeah, yeah. uh, You're you're not kidding. Uh, We're trying to think here when it comes to the only other book I wanted to talk about and I won't I just uh, we can do it another time I want I want to get everyone caught up on Department of Truth uh, Alien also we talked we, we got cut up on Star Wars last week didn't we yeah we did oh uh, finish the Invisibles sweet Finish the Invisibles, uh, reread uh, all of the Sandman, the death issues, and um, let me know when you've watched Wednesday because I want to do some Adam Stanley stuff, man. Uh, itching for that, but um, whose turn is it? I'll take it this time. I think you took it last time. Alrighty, this is Minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. Buy the shirts! Buy tickets. Also tickets.